This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. If you were to put the spotlight on one person, who would it be? You say, you know, I'd put the spotlight on an author. There's a certain author, and I've read every book that this person has ever written. I'd put the spotlight on that person. Or, or maybe it's some musician that you admire. You'd put the spotlight on them. Or maybe it's a relative of yours or a friend of yours. I, I think that if, if I was going to put the spotlight, lift up one person, that one person would be Jesus. I, I want to talk about that today. Our theme today is Lifting up Jesus. I want to urge you to stay tuned today. I'm Billy Lambert. I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible. And we are delighted that you're watching today, maybe for the very first time. And we want you to continue to watch today. Now, on Getting to Know Your Bible, we offer a free Bible correspondence course. I know that you are accustomed maybe to having to pay for things that are offered on television. But this is one thing that you'll not have to purchase. Put up your credit card, just need your telephone, call for the free Bible correspondence course. In order that you might know more about the course, how you can study this course, we're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. In John, the twelfth chapter and verse 32, Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Think about that. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Verse 33 said, this he said, signifying what death he should die. This is a beautiful verse to me, verse 32 is, because it's speaking about Jesus, the greatest person who ever lived on the face of this earth. This verse is talking about the one who gave the world a remedy for secularism. This is talking about the one who gave us a, an answer for rebellion in this world. He's the one who gave us an answer for false theology. He's the one who gave us an answer for the greatest dilemma that we face in life, and that's our sins. That this Jesus Christ said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, 
will draw all men unto me. That verse is speaking to the one to whom, to, uh, to, to whom the, ar to the architect is the cornerstone. And to the, to the baker, Jesus Christ is the bread of life. To the biologist, he is the life. To the builder, he is the sure foundation. To the carpenter, he is the door. To the doctor, Jesus is the great physician. To the educator, Jesus is the teacher. To the farmer, Jesus is the Lord of harvest. To the florist, Jesus is the rose of Sharon. To the geologist, he is the rock of ages. To the astronomer, he is the bright and morning star. To the jeweler, Jesus is the pearl of great price. To the lawyer, he is the advocate. To the philosopher, he is the wisdom of God. There's no one who ever made claims like this man, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, I am the door, I am the light of the world, I am bread come down from heaven, I am the vine. He said, I am the alpha and I am the omega, the beginning and the end. This is the one who said, and I am. If I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. How was Jesus lifted up from the earth? Well, we want to think about Jesus being lifted up in several ways today. First of all, Jesus was lifted up in prophecy. The Bible is filled with prophecies, that is, in the Old Testament about Jesus. Really, the message of the Old Testament is this. Jesus is coming. Someone has counted more than 330 prophecies about Jesus. Some say 333 prophecies about Jesus. And in Luke 24 and verse 44, Jesus talked about those prophecies when he said that the things that had been written about him in the law and in the prophets and in the Psalms must be fulfilled. So there are prophecies about Jesus in the law of Moses, and that would cover from Genesis through Deuteronomy. There are prophecies about Jesus in the Psalms and in the prophets, the major prophets and the minor prophets of the Old Testament. All of these tell about Jesus Christ coming into the world. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. In Acts the 8th chapter, Philip was, uh, encountered a man from Ethiopia. This man from Ethiopia had been to Jerusalem to worship and he was on his way back home. And, and Philip came to his chariot side and saw that he was reading from Isaiah the prophet. And the way that our English translations are divided into chapters and verses, he was reading from the 53rd chapter of Isaiah where the prophet said he was led as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep dumb before his shearer, so he opened not his mouth. And so the man from Ethiopia asked Philip this question, of whom speaketh, who is he talking about, of whom speaketh this man, of himself or some other man? Who is he really talking about? And the text says that Philip began at the same scripture and preached unto him Jesus. 
He, he started in what scripture? He started in the prophet Isaiah 53 and preached Jesus. You see, the emphasis of the New Testament is on Jesus Christ is the one who will fulfill prophecy and prediction. For example, there's a prophecy in Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 15 about Jesus. The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him shall you hearken. Now that's what Moses said to his people. Well, we read the fulfillment of that in Acts the third chapter. For example, in verse 18 it says, But these things which God before had showed by the mouth of the prophets that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. And listen to verse 22 in Acts chapter 3. For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto me. Him shall you hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. So there's the full prophecy in Deuteronomy 18. There's the fulfillment of the prophecy in Acts chapter 3. Then another prophecy is in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But thou Bethlehem Ephrathah, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of thee shall he come forth, that is to be ruler in Israel. There's the prediction of Jesus Christ coming into the world. And then in, in Matthew chapter 2 and in verse 6, And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not thou least among the, the princes of Judah? For out of thee shall come forth a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So in the Old Testament, there's a prediction about Jesus in Micah 5 and 2. And the fulfillment is in Matthew chapter 2 and in verse 6. Now just one more prophecy in the Old Testament. It's in Psalms 22, verse 18. They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. Now there's a prediction made about Jesus in Psalms 22. As a matter of fact, there are many prophecies about Jesus in the 22nd Psalm. This is just one of them. But listen to the fulfillment in John chapter 19, verse 23. Then the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, took his garments and made four parts to every man apart, and also his coat, and the coat was, was uh, without seam woven from the top throughout. And then, then in verse number 24 they said, Let us cast lots for it. So there's the prophecy in the Old Testament. There is the fulfillment. Jesus Christ is lifted up in prophecy. He fulfilled all the prophecies made about Himself. That's what Jesus said would be done in Luke 24 and verse 44. But Jesus also, Christ is, Jesus Christ was lifted up in His life. I don't know of anyone that, can live a, that, li, that has lived a life like Jesus. As a matter of fact, it is said of Jesus in Acts 10 verse 38, He went about doing good. Everywhere Jesus went, he went doing good. Uh, think, think about it. Wouldn't it be nice if that could be said about every one of us? That, that they would go about doing good. It was said of Jesus. He, he was lifted up in his life. No one's ever lived a life like Jesus. Je Jesus Christ lived a perfect life. Well, someone says that, that that's impossible. No, it's not impossible for Jesus. He was a son of God. 
Was he ever tempted? Oh, absolutely, he was tempted. Matthew chapter 4 talks about his temptation beginning in verse 1 down to about verse number 10. And in Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15, there the writer says, We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, who was tempted in all points. That is, our high priest was tempted in all points. Jesus was tempted at all points, yet without sin. Jesus did not sin. And then Jesus Christ is lifted up in the life that He lived on this earth. He lived a life of perfection and without sin. You imagine, can you imagine what the world would be like without Jesus? And I want you to think about how Jesus has changed the world. We actually date our letters and our correspondence from the time that Jesus Christ came to this world. He split the centuries. He, he split the centuries from B.C. to A.D. Th think about the, the way that Jesus Christ has influenced literature. So some of the greatest books that have ever been written were written about Jesus in His life. Think about the, the art of the world. Some of the greatest masterpieces that have ever been put on canvas were about the Lord Jesus Christ. You think about how Jesus Christ has, has changed and elevated the status of women in society. Before Jesus came, there were nothing more than a possession to be owned, like you would own an animal. But Jesus Christ came and He elevated the status of women. Jesus Christ is the greatest person who's ever lived on this earth. But imagine what the world would be like if it did, we did not have Jesus Christ and His influence on the world. It was Darwin who said, A man about to be shipwrecked on an unknown island will devoutly pray that the influence of Jesus had gone there. You see, that where, where Jesus has gone and where His influence has gone, where His Word has gone, Men are made better. Civilization flourishes where Jesus Christ is adored. Jesus is lifted up in His life. But Jesus Christ is lifted up upon the cross of Calvary. And that's what Jesus meant in John chapter 12 when He said, And I, if I be lifted up, will draw all men unto me. He was lifted up on the cross of Calvary. The cross of Jesus Christ, it marks a central point in the history of mankind. Well, when Jesus said on that cross, it is finished, that marked the completion of a long series of events that, that had taken place according to the divine guidance of God. The death of Jesus on that cross, contrary to what some think, was not an accident. He did not die the death of a martyr. The death of Jesus was according to the eternal purpose and plan of God. There had never been a time that God did not have the death of Jesus on that cross in His plan and in His mind. Jesus is referred to, for instance, in Revelation chapter 13 and verse 8, as the Lamb slain 
when? From the foundation of the world. And then in Ephesians, the second, third chapter rather, and verses 10 and 11, the Apostle Paul penned these words, To the intent now, that under the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be made known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord. We talk about God being eternal, that He's from everlasting to everlasting. But Jesus is eternal. And, and the church that was purchased with Jesus' blood was in the eternal purpose of God. He says that from, from the beginning of time, before time began, God planned to bring Jesus into this world. Jesus Christ is lifted up upon that cross. He did not die the death of a martyr. He died according to the eternal purpose and the eternal plan of God. We talk about the gospel. And the death of Jesus is the focal point of the gospel. There'd be no gospel without his death. In 1 Corinthians 15 and 3, when Paul is talking about the saving gospel, he said, Christ died for our sins according to the scripture. And when Jesus died on that cross, he became the sin substitute for me and you. I don't really understand that, do you? They think about someone dying for you in your stead. But Jesus did. In John 1, 29, we read, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And Jesus Christ is that Lamb slain for the sins of all humanity. He was lifted up on that cross. He died on that cross not because of His sins. He died on that cross because of mine and because of yours. 2 Corinthians 5 and 21 says he, he made Him, Jesus, to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we should be made the righteousness of God in Him. Jesus Christ did not deserve that death. You and I did. You and I did not deserve the, the lashing with that whip in, in, the, in the judgment hall of Pilate. We deserved it. But Jesus took it in our place. He did not deserve the agony and the pain of the cross. But Jesus did that as a payment, as an atonement for our sins. Yours and mine for the sins of the whole human family. And so Jesus Christ was lifted up upon that cross. But Jesus Christ is also lifted up from the grave. And indeed, He was lifted up from the grave. And when He was lifted up from the grave, God declared by that that Jesus was His Son. Listen to Romans chapter 1 and verse 4. De declared to be the Son of God with holiness by the resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ was raised from the dead by the power of God Almighty. I, I, there are a lot of things we may not understand about the future life. But because Jesus lived and Jesus died and Jesus was resurrected from the dead, we can know and have hope of life to come. Sometimes we have a loved one to die.
Someone we love more than life itself. And we go, with, go out to the cemetery to deposit their body into the earth. And from that standpoint, it looks as though death has conquered at last. But because Jesus was raised from the dead, I know that death is not the end. I know that there's a future life. And Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, 57 these words, Thanks be to God for the, the victory in the Lord Jesus Christ. Victory in Jesus because Jesus Christ has been raised from the dead. I know God would have the power to raise me from the dead, power to raise you from the dead. And I need to so live my life that when that time comes in my life and, and the dead are raised, that I will hear Him say, Well done, good and faithful servant. There's going to be a resurrection. Jesus in John 5, 28 and 29 said, The hour is coming in the which all that are in the grave shall hear His voice and shall come forth. They that have done good to the resurrection of life, they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So there's going to be a resurrection. The question is, will you have hope in, of, that, of that hour to come? You see, you, Jesus is our hope, 1 Timothy 1, 1. And in order that I might have hope of the resurrection, I need to give my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Surrender to Him by faith in Him, John 8, 24. In Luke 13 and 3, Jesus said, I tell you nay, but except you repent, you will all likewise perish. It's not enough for us to believe in Jesus. We should, we absolutely. And it's not enough just to repent. I ought to be willing to confess I believe Jesus is God's Son. And that's not a, just a one-time thing. You do it all of your life, every day of your life. But in Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, Jesus said, Whosoever shall confess me before men, him will I confess before my Father is in heaven. I ought to be willing to tell people, I believe in Jesus. And then we ought to be baptized, not because it is somebody's idea, but because it's Jesus' uh, uh, doctrine. Jesus Himself said, He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Now when I, when I do that, when I give my life to Christ by obeying Christ, by obeying the gospel of Christ, well then I have hope in the resurrection of the dead. Jesus Christ was lifted up from the grave. You could go to the grave of Mohammed. Guess what? He's still there. You could go to the grave of Mary Baker Eddy. Guess what? She's still there. You could go to the grave of Alexander the Campbell. Campbell. Guess what? He's still there. You could go to the grave of Judas. And Judas is still there. But you go to the grave of Jesus. And it's empty. Empty. You read Matthew 28 and verse 6. He's not here. Why not? He's risen. He's raised from the dead by the God, power of all, God Almighty. And that's our hope of the future. Jesus Christ was lifted up from the grave. But Jesus Christ also is lifted up in the church. He's the head of the body, the church, Ephesians 5, 22 and 23. And the church, the body is the body of Christ. All of those saved constitute the body of Christ. Those who have obeyed the gospel constitute that body. 
And the body of Christ was purchased with blood. That's why it's so important. The church is not something that's just a, uh, an idea of man. It's blood bought. Bought with Jesus' blood. When He was lifted up on that cross, He died for the church. Listen to Him, uh, Paul, in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Take heed unto yourselves and all the flock, over the which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to feed the church of God, which He hath purchased. With what? Money? No. His own blood. You see, there's the blood purchased the church. The church is the body of Christ. And Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary to make the church possible. And today we can be members of His body, of His flesh, and of His bones. As Paul wrote about in Ephesians chapter 5, because Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And Jesus Christ in His death purchased the church and made it possible. Jesus Christ is lifted up in the church. And then Jesus Christ eventually was lifted up into heaven. Jesus Christ came into this world for a reason, to live, to die, to save the world. And then after His resurrection, He went back to the heavenly Father. In Acts chapter 1 and verse 11, Jesus said, Why stand ye gazing up in heaven? This same Jesus whom you have seen go up into heaven shall so come in like manner as you have seen Him go into heaven. Jesus said, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will I draw all men unto me. I believe Jesus is drawing some of you right now. He draws not by thoughts, by dreams, and, and not by our wishes, but He draws through the power there is in the gospel. Would you not be drawn to Jesus today? Thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And in the closing moments, may I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And right now, pick up the telephone. Call for the free Bible correspondence course. Don't hesitate to do that. It could be the greatest thing you've ever done for your spiritual life. And I, and I want to urge you to take the course. Even, and you can take it online. Did I mention that? You can take the course online. But whatever you do, take the free Bible Correspondence Course. I want to thank you for watching today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible Correspondence Course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.com. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at gettingtoknowyourbible at yahoo.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. 
P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1 877 5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.